Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mindset Intentions podcast. Today, I am really excited to be welcoming someone who is going to speak to us um, on a topic that I am going to title, Why is it important for us to tell our stories? And I have with me today a guest. Her name is Chulu Chansa. And Chulu calls herself the chief Africana woman. I love that. And I'm going just to ask her to unpack that for us when she um, shares with us. But basically, I have just briefly gotten to uh, connect with uh, Chulu. We well, I found out about her or saw her on a um, program, a challenge that was being done by um, a coach that I, I follow and I work with. And I know uh, Chulu works with that same coach as well. Um, her name is Patrice Washington, who is based in Atlanta, Georgia, in the USA, um, who does uh, Purpose Chases. And so I just connected with her, you know, on, on, on social media. I just reached out to her because I wanted to find out more about the work that she is doing. And it's something that uh, piqued my interest. And I just thought I would invite her. And she graciously has accepted to come and just have a chat with us this afternoon. So I'm really grateful for that. So just to give a quick and brief um, introduction of Chulu, and I'll just ask her to, you know, give us a bit more uh, of information about her and what she does and who she is. Um, Chulu is a writer of modern African culture and lifestyle, the host of the Africana Woman podcast, a transformational speaker and mentor. She currently resides in Zambia, is the proud mother of a teenage boy, and is at peace. I loved that. And I would just like to find out before we get into anything, Chilu, why did you end or at least say there or add there and at peace? Welcome, first of all. Vuyi, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to share my story and just share what I do. Um, yeah, you know, I went through a, a phase in my life where, um, not even, it, it was quite a long stay phase, I would say, that I wasn't at peace. There was a lot of um, internal turmoil that um, one, I didn't acknowledge, didn't deal with. And, you know, I, I tried to run away or cover it up with um, doing too much work um, and other coping mechanisms. But, you know, I, I came face to face with it where I found myself having anxiety attacks and, you know, I, I was depressed. 
And um, at that point, I had to just say to myself, you know, enough is enough and I have to change and I need to seek help, which I did. And one of the, the, the things that, um, you know, when I sought help, one of the questions they asked was, what do you want to get out of this? And literally my answer was, I would like some peace. I, I, at the end of this, I want to come out saying that I have peace, which I did. And so I am ever so grateful for that piece, especially knowing, you know, how far I have come. Uh, it is, the piece is just, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. such a blessing. Wow. That yeah. is just absolutely fantastic. I was actually listening to um, one of your podcasts. I went and uh, listened to the first one that you mm-hmm. did. Well, uh, you know, according to what was listed on there, it was the first one that we did in September 2020. Mm-hmm on our Apple podcast. And I would really encourage anyone who's listening to check out um, Chulu Chance's uh, podcast, Africana Woman. And um, she's got some amazing um, podcasts on there because I listened to a couple of them um, as well as the talk that you did with a lady named Annie Mbako. Yeah, but yes, um, yeah, yes. when you're talking about, one. you know, this place, you know, of, you know, maybe sadness and, and, and anxiety you talk about having an anxiety attack in your when you were sitting in your car in the car park at a shopping mall and uh you mm. know you go into talking about how you became bedridden for was it three months oh three days sorry three days three Still. days three days yeah three days straight i mean i did i, I did have um depression but at least I was functioning but at that stage I I literally could not move out of my bed I did not have a will to to do anything not to eat not to bath not to you know just move I was just stuck in that bed just thoughts and you know running in my mind over and over again and just thinking why am I in this state? Like, why, why do I feel trapped and just confused and don't know where to, or don't know how See, to this get This is out why I'm really so fascinated in, 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 in speaking to you because, um, you know, this issue of telling our stories, I think it is just so key because, again, you know, as I listened mm-hmm. to, your, to your podcast, you know, you were talking about how, you know, you were doing really well, you know, professionally in your career everything was going well, you know, and from outside, from an external perspective, you know, everybody just thought that you were really, you know, going for it and you had arrived. You know, I remember you, 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 you used Mm -hmm. the word, you know, you probably Mm -hmm. used in your language. I couldn't remember that, you know, the word, but, you know, just to say, you know, you're there, you know? And so if anybody even heard you say, oh, you know, things are not going all right, you know, inside, they would have been like, What's the matter with you? You know, you, you're doing really good. You know, you've got a good job. You know, you've got a house, a car. You know, everything is, is going mm-hmm. for you. And see, the, these are some of the things that I think sometimes people are dealing with, but they don't really talk about because there's maybe yeah. an element of, of, of shame, yeah. maybe. And, um, you know, um, like you uh, described your, your, your platform when I was reading, um, you know, it's a platform of storytelling you know, designed to smash the culture of silence yes. on things that hold us back and keep us stuck. 
to attract the life that we want. I absolutely yeah. love that because I am so passionate about us living, you know, our fullest lives possible. And especially Almost, from an African yeah. background, I cannot speak maybe, you know, for, for, for other people, but, you know, for an African background, you know, coming mm -hmm. from Zimbabwe, I do know and remember that there has been this culture of real separation between men and women. You know, men can do this, women cannot do this. Men can mm -hmm. say this, women cannot say this. But now those barriers are now slowly mm -hmm. crushing. You know, and I would just like for you to maybe unpack that, you know, mm -hmm. and just share with us basically with the work that you do, um, uh, how, how do you go about that, first of all, and what have been the results and the kinds of people that you have come yeah. in contact with? Yeah, you know, um, again, as you've shared, I'm person, I'm from Zambia, so I'm also a very proud African woman. And in as much as, you know, our cultures have got so much um, beauty and richness, there's also some things that... Um, tend to hold us back, especially as, as women in comparison to men. So, you know, a lot of times you also hear the words, um, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. Like nobody should know what is going on. And already that brings about a barrier, right? Because you could have a problem, but you cannot go and seek medical help. You can't go and seek, um, let's say, therapy. You can't go and even talk to your friend about it because it's, it's a rule that has been put up that says whatever happens in right. this house stays in this house. So, you know, there's that isolation and then when you have that isolation that has been um, programmed into you, then you start to think that you are the only one. You, are, you start to feel that you are alone and a loneliness sets in. And, you know, and, and then that will and desire to actually look for help gets lost because it just becomes the cycle of repetition of whatever that problem is that is persisting in your in your environment that yet and you don't even know where to go where to go and get the help from so the work that i do i created a platform which is the africana woman and the the platform is um in threefold so there's a blog and there's a podcast, which I'll focus on um, to start with. Now, these are two different ways of telling stories. So one is in written form, and then the other is in um, conversations yeah. such like this, right? So on the blog, um, you know, it's, it's a space where... Um, women can just tell the story as it is. There's no judgment. There's no... Um, disapproval but it's just letting the letting the story come out of you what is it that you have actually experienced and what is it that you feel because of whatever it is that you have experienced and allowing yourself to be authentic with yourself you know i i i um I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were saying how, you know, the worst thing that can mm, happen is for mm, you to lie mm. to yourself. 
But when you are able to, you know, be authentic with yourself, to tell the truth about um, your situation and then face it head on, there is so much power in that and so much, um, I think, also grace because then you are able to release yourself. It's, it's, it's almost like releasing yourself from shackles, you know, um, from this prison of whatever has been holding you because you're ashamed about it or you're embarrassed about it. So to be able to tell mm-hmm. your story and just release it is is very important, not, not only for you as the storyteller, but then also the readers, because then they're mm-hmm. able to see, Oh, wow. I thought I was the only one going through that. But there's somebody else that's going through it. And, you know, um, maybe the person that's reading it isn't as far ahead as you are in dealing with it, you know. So then they're able to see what are the steps that this person took and then be able Mm. to learn from that example. But I think, you know, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, uh, in I, this was a mindset, um, a limiting mindset that I had, where I believed that there were no um, therapists in Zambia. Like it's not a common thing. Mm-hmm. Zambians don't believe in therapy and all of that. So in my mind, I then I then concluded that there are no <laughs> therapists, right? <laughs> but in reality, when I actually said to myself, "Listen, let me look mm-hmm. for help. Let me be open." to the possibility of there being therapists. And when I was actually very intentional about finding therapists, then I, then the, you know, it's like a Ooh. whole new world opened up and I have so many numbers of different practices, different styles, um, men, women, yeah. different races, you know, um, offered in all these different, mm-hmm. um, in different areas in Zambia. So, and even right now, I always tell people, listen, if you want to, have, if you are looking for a therapist, <laughs> let me know. I will hook you up. But do not think that because just because you have a limiting mindset about something that it doesn't exist, you know. So that's like an example of how things can open up just because um, you are able to to um, mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. someone else's journey, you know. And then when it comes to the podcast, the podcasts are conversations with um, women, African women who are either on the continent or in the diaspora. And I like to say that I don't necessarily um, Mm -hmm. look for accomplished women, you know, because a lot of times it's usually the same voices like, oh, you know, oh, I interviewed (laughs) Oprah, I interviewed, you know, all these who and who type of voices. But what I like to do is to Mm -hmm. speak to the woman next door. And like you said, it's somebody who looks okay from the outside. But when you get onto the podcast, she is able to open the door to her home and let us in and actually reveal to us what is going on. What is that thing that she has been struggling with? And in her own words and in her own voice, tell her story. So many times, and even when you look at our history books, um, our education, all of that has been dictated. And, you know, our history has been Mm -hmm. written by African, by men. So, you know, before it was... um, 
European men that were writing African history, and then now it became African men. And when you look at um, the things that we learn, it's it's mm -hmm. very much biased about what they say. So in this space, we can gain our voice. We are the ones that are able to tell what our experiences are, what our emotions are around certain issues. And we are able to explore this, again, this, this concept of culture. Because so many times I think people, um, you know, believe that culture should just be the same. You know, you, you, you ask, as a little child, you ask your parent, oh, why do we do this this way? Mm -hmm. like, That's mm -hmm. the way it's always been done, you know? Culture is dynamic. It it needs to evolve with the times. And we're not. And I'm not saying that. Oh, we should just throw it away. No, there's so many mm -hmm. things that are beautiful about our, our culture. But we need to have conversations to be able to see what are the things that we really love and we really want to preserve in our culture. But what are the things that might be outdated that don't quite work for us anymore? And what can be left behind? So those are the types of conversations that we're having on the Africana Woman podcast. Oh, and yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could have just, you know, kept going because I'm just feverishly writing notes down. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to listen to this podcast again, you know, because there's just so much incredibly amazing information and not just even information. So much is resonating with me. And, you know, my own beliefs mm. and the work that, you know, I, you know, wanting to do, for example, even these podcasts, I, you know, really just felt the Lord saying to me, I need to just to have a platform and just mm. give people a voice. You know, sometimes yeah. people just need somebody just to allow them to have a place where they can just express themselves just like you are doing, you know, yes. so many of our voices have been silenced. And I really love, like what you said earlier, when you were talking about even our history, that our own history has been written for us by people who have not even lived the mm -hmm. lives that we have lived, you know, our own forefathers and what mm -hmm. they did, what they didn't do, the kind of people that they were. And what is been made aware, so much of our history literally has just been buried. And we will never know it. We will never know oh, yeah. it. And some of the things that we may be struggling with, whether as families, as individuals, as a nation, as a continent, is because of things that mm -hmm. may have happened in the past that we have absolutely no clue, you know, no, uh, no idea about. Yeah, well. And those will be the things that actually would bring us healing, you know, and help us to become, you know, better mm -hmm. people because... You know, just like, you know, you're a mother, you want your child, you know, to live a better life than you have. And I'm sure your parents want you to be yes. living a better life than they have. And so it goes. So when our history is being written for us by people who have not even lived that life, mm -hmm. it becomes distorted, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned. And I yes. like, you know, having to speak to women, you know, like you said, not the so-called accomplished you know, women. And you know what I have actually found, Chulu? I have found mm -hmm. that even with the, those so-called mm -hmm. accomplished women, when you really sit down and mm -hmm. ask them to tell you their story, you will find that at the end of the yeah. day, at the base of everything, we are all the same. 
We all have the same fears. We all have yes. the same anxieties. It's just that some yes. people are very good at breaking through those barriers of fear and not allow, yeah. you know, the fear or the anxiety or the trepidation to stop them. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, a mm -hmm. lot of people allow for their fears to stop them, you know, but some people, they just crush through and they just do it. You, you know, just, uh, just briefly mentioned Oprah, you know, uh, before we all know now the story of Oprah, you know, mm -hmm. how, how she started, but you can imagine yeah. as a little girl, you know, yes, she had all these, you know, dreams of what she wanted to do, but it wasn't the dream that she is living right now. But that began to unfold mm. as she put herself out there, as she began to have a voice and realize that, oh my gosh, people actually want to hear me. You know, people actually want to listen to me because mm. people could relate to her. And for me, it's about women actually even knowing, you know, that they can be related to nobody's experience is so unique yes. to themselves that nobody would understand, nobody would know. And actually our stories mm -hmm. make us who we are because look at you now, because of that experience that you've had, now you have started this, you know, Africana woman. So now tell me exactly how that began, what was the genesis of it and where are you right now and where mm -hmm. are you going? Yeah, yeah. So I, I really actually stumbled upon um, doing Africana Woman, um, founding Africana Woman. I was invited to do an internal sort of TED talk for an organization that I mm -hmm. volunteer for. And the talk was... Um, I spoke about the power of African women, past, present, and future. And from that, then it, it really just... A spark started from that. And I really thought about, you know, again, how can we preserve mm. our stories? And that's when I decided to start the blog. So I started the, the Africana Woman blog and I started, um, that was in April of mm -hmm. 2020. That's when it started. And then eventually I started um, using my own um, social media platform to talk to African women and I would interview them and, you know, we'll just talk about them, talk about their stories, talk about their lives. Um, and and it's uh, I was having these conversation on, conversations on Instagram and I really thought, oh my gosh, these mm -hmm. are really good conversations. Yes. I need to make this into a podcast. So that's how I repurposed that material and then um, posted it on um, on you know the podcast platforms so that more people could hear about it. I mean, it's so frustrating, we when you go and type in you know on Google, you go type in African woman, and what comes up? It's you know not and it's not that you know African women mm -hmm. in in a village are bad you know mm -hmm. but that's what's going to come up it's going to be an African woman with no um, top you know and or some African mm -hmm. woman dancing but mm -hmm. where are the stories about you know the the women that are doing phenomenal work out there and there's so many of us 
how do we get our stories out there so that our young women, our young African women that are coming up after us are able to see other African women, you know, women that look like them, see themselves represented as a successful person, you know, and then be able to aspire for more. So, um, yes, anyway, so the, the podcast basically was branched off from live interviews that I was doing on Instagram. And that's how I started um, that. And then I also started to um, take help women go on a journey of self-discovery and understanding who they really are at the core. Because so much of our lives have been dictated by society and other people. This is the way you should behave. This is the way that you should dress up. You should want to be a, a, a wife and a mother. And this is the kind of behavior mm -hmm. that's expected of you. But when you take a step back and you look at the life that you have right now, is everything that you're doing, is it because you actually want to do it? You actually like doing it? Or is it because somebody told you to do it? Is it because somebody planted something in your mind when you were a child and then that's just, you've just been following um, those steps automatically? So I take women on a journey of self-discovery and I like to call it... Um, being wow. your own bay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you have to then learn to one, love yourself, love yourself, flaws and all. I, I yeah. say this all the time flaws and all. Because, you know, uh, and again, you know, talking from our culture, there's this um, image, sort of like this perfect image mm -hmm. that we're supposed mm -hmm. to become right? Um, whether it's in our physical, what our physical body should look like. You should have that long, mm -hmm. beautiful hair, you know, small waist and, you know, all of these physical attributes that are the perfect woman. But then what if you don't fit in those, you know, certain attributes of the perfect woman? What does it do to your self-confidence? You know, it's, it's almost like um, we are... There's this, uh, we're almost trained to have almost mm -hmm. an inherent yes. self-hatred because we haven't met the standards of beauty or um, the standards of um, what you're supposed to achieve in your life, right? So we go through the cycle of self-hatred because we haven't yet, we, we're not meeting the standards of society. So we, it's, it's really... Um, the work that I do with the ladies that I coach and mentor is about going through, um, mm -hmm. filled, you know, going through your life and really deciding what is it that gives me joy. And I believe, like you, is that if you are put That's on right. this earth, then you have a purpose. So, what is your purpose? Understanding that and really. Um, getting to know yourself and know the things that you want to do mm -hmm. and not do it for other people because you will never find happiness in that. And I will never, never wish it upon any woman that you just exist. 
I want you to live a full life, one that is filled with joy, one that is filled with um, your passion, your purpose and fulfillment and not just exist and believe that no, you, you know, there's no way out of it or no one can help you. So that's the type of work that I do wow. with women. I mean, this is, tra- this is transformational work. And it really, as I'm sitting here listening to you, it really goes up the alley of the work that I am doing as well in my mindset transformational coaching work. Because it starts with transforming the mind. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not the renewing of your heart. It's not the renewing of of your Mm -hmm. sight. It's the renewing of the mind. Mm -hmm. Because once the mind is renewed, it is transformed. It is changed. It is revealed. It's almost like, you know, a, a, a glass, you know, like a mirror. When when you are looking on a mirror that is hazy, mm-hmm. you know, it is, or you put finger marks on it or it's not mm-hmm. clean, your image of yourself is distorted. But when you clean that mirror, Definitely. you know, you really see yourself perfectly, you know, and this, Thing about transforming yeah. the mind. That's why one of my passions and one thing that I, I speak about as a speaker is about the power of words. Because what we say literally, mm. again, like the Bible tells us, that there is life and death residing in our tongue. In you know? tongue. And so once the mind has been yes. changed and transformed, then what you see is changed and transformed. What you hear is changed and transformed because you are now filtering everything from a different mind. And if we are coming from backgrounds where we, you know, I I remember when I was growing up, you know, it's like, you know, you only speak when you're spoken to, you know? So it's like, I was not even allowed to have an opinion, you know, as a a little child, but thank God Mm -hmm. in my own particular household, that's not how my my mom and dad raised us. And they raised us to learn Mm -hmm. to speak, you know, your mind. And I think that's, I always say to people, I think I'm one of those babies. When I came out, I didn't come out crying. I came out talking because, <laughs> because I mean, I even majored in communications at university, you know, and I just, I, I will talk for my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not just talking for the sake of talking. Mm-hmm. And this is why I really like to provide this uh, as, as a space, you know, just like you have you know, in, 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 in your, um, in your descriptor that you know it's a it's a, it's a safe space you know and a platform and a place mm-hmm. where people can you know women can come and share and talk and you know there's something cathartic that happens even when you are listening to yourself speak you can be and yes. you're actually supposed to be your own best teacher because what you need already is resident inside of you it's just looking for expression so the children that we are seeing today, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an even better version of Chulu who was even last year, five years, ten years ago. And yeah. the one that we're going to see five, ten years from today is a different Chulu. So we'll be having this 
podcast or whatever else will be happening in the future. I don't know how technology would have moved forward, but we'll sit down and have another conversation and we'll be like, oh my gosh, do you remember when we sat down in January of 2021 and, you know, this is what we were talking about and this is how we were expressing ourselves, you know, because we would have lived life, would have had, you know, experiences. And women have had Mm -hmm. such amazing experiences that literally transform nations. And like you said, we don't hear about them. Yes. You know, we, they, we don't, nobody talks about them. And yet those are the people that are really holding up homes, holding up societies, you know, if I may even venture to say. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. continuing on, on, on that vein, you know, of, you know, giving women, you know, a, a, a safe space and a, a, and a place, but then actually really coming out. You know, I just had a question for you to say, how should we, as African women, uh, particularly those of us in the diaspora, you know, positioning ourselves mm-hmm. on the global stage so our contributions and our lives are not misrepresented or even dismissed and denied. You know, I was so, you know, not getting political or anything. I was so impressed with the young lady, Amanda Gorman, mm-hmm. from last you know, uh, inauguration yes. of uh, President Biden, and she read, you know, that poem. I mean, you know, this 22-year-old girl standing on a probably what's going to be the biggest platform that she has stood on in her 22 mm-hmm. years of existence, you know, so far, literally addressing the world, you know, her poem. Who would have thought that? Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that we are talking about you know, Kamala Harris, who is now the vice president of the United States. I mean, it was big hoo-ha even when, you know, Barack Obama became the black president, know. you know, of, of the United States. But, you know, bringing it back to us, you know, as, as African women, how would you say, you know, we should be positioning ourselves, you know, in, in, in the global, you know, on the global platform, you know, so that our contributions, you know, are heard and seen because they do make an impact in the world. Mm. Well, I think, um, first of all, you know, as somebody and, uh, you know, when you, you travel from the continent and you go abroad, one of the things that might happen is that your identity mm-hmm. is yeah. threatened, right? So, you know, depending on however, you know, how old you were when you arrived where, you know, in whatever country it was, you know, you've mm-hmm. got maybe some bullying in terms of, you know, people are talking about your accent or, you know, oh, she's from Africa and all of that. And, you know, sometimes we do have this um, tendency or temptation to want to change ourselves or not even claim that, you know, we are mm-hmm. um, African and are, um, you know, who we are in its fullness. So I think one of the things that, first of all, we need to do is to acknowledge that, you know, who everything that has happened to you is part of your identity. And you shouldn't want to um, separate it or fracture it because then you're, you're literally breaking yourself. So you need to, first of all, embrace who you are fully mm-hmm. as an African woman. 
So, and I, you know, in whatever situation you find yourself, I think for us to really um, express and to, to make that impact, mm -hmm. it's to work in excellence. Now that's excellence that's right. is different from perfection. And I'm not saying that, you know, strive for perfection because you will always come wanting on that, but to strive for excellence in what we do. And it is the excellence that will speak, that will speak above all the other things that try to push us down. So whether it is racism, whether it is, uh, you know, um, feminism or, you know, anything negative that wants to push us down, when we excel with our excellence, that then really just pushes us up and pushes pushes us up in society and on the global platform to say, wow, this person has come from, uh, you know, whichever background country, and this is what they can do. This is the type of, this is the caliber of person that comes from the African continent. So I think those things um, should be, some guy I absolutely thoughts. agree with you. And again, with the work that you are doing, you know, in, in Africana Woman, the issue of telling our stories, I think that is so, so key, mm. you know, in, in how we will position ourselves, you know, because even when you look in, in, in history, mm -hmm. history is really just about stories. You know, it's about what, what happened, you know, yes. and how it shaped either for good or for bad you know, the world that we are living in. And yeah. as we are going, we are making history. We are creating our history, whether it's personal history, whether it's family history, whether it's history about your, mm -hmm. your work, your lifestyle, your choices, the good, the bad, the indifferent, you know, that has happened in your life. But, you know, the issue of us telling our stories. And I, I like what you said about, you know, when people leave, you know, their homelands, and they go and live abroad, there is, there can be a, in a, either a tendency, whether it's conscious or unconscious, but it can be a tendency mm -hmm. to not acknowledge, first of all, you know, where one is coming from. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, some people can even be ashamed, if I may actually say that, you know, of really revealing yes. or, or talking about or sharing you know, where they came from, and particularly when they may have come from really very, you know, poor, you know, or, uh, you know, marginalized backgrounds mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And yet, like you rightfully said, those are the very things that make us who we are and then creates a uniqueness and an individuality in us. Mm -hmm. And even as whether just as a person or as a people group, as a nation or, you know, as, as a continent, because our stories position us and we must tell our stories and not be ashamed and not be ashamed of whatever it is that may have happened to us. What happened to us actually happened for us. And it's all oh, about shifting yes. the mindset. It's all about shifting how you see mm -hmm. the thing that may have happened to you. Because a lot of things that happened to us were not our fault. You know, do you know what I mean? I always mm -hmm. say we, we get to choose our friends, we get to choose our associations, but nobody gets to choose their family. 
nobody gets to choose who their mother or their father is nobody gets to choose who their siblings are so you 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 got to deal with what you get you know unless obviously if you're you know adopted you know mm. or, or or things like that and even that but you know all i'm just saying is that really and truly our stories and what you are doing in encouraging you know women not only to tell their stories but in the process of telling their stories that becomes empowering i want to believe you know for mm. for, for them and yes, for, for us you know for all of us and it actually even resonates with all of us and like you said earlier that people don't have to feel alone as though this has happened to them regardless of how maybe shameful yeah. you know it may have been they may have been abused but nobody asks to be abused and especially when they are little you know when they are young so it's not mm. about being ashamed about what was you know happened to you you survived you came out of it some people didn't make it mm-hmm. you know some people have literally died from the trauma you know and and the experiences you know that that yeah. they have had so to me it is a god given opportunity you know to then come out on the other side or even whilst one is still in the process you don't really have to wait until you are sort of like on the other side to have to say oh yeah this is my story you can be sharing it as you are going and that element of openness you know you you said something when we we first started that i just noted down and i just kind of wanted you to unpack that you know a little bit because this issue of depression or just even mental health mm-hmm. in general whether it be in the black community or even in the african communities or interesting that you even touched on the fact that you know you never thought that there were any therapists you know in in zambia until you mm-hmm. intentionally started looking for them and that's what i love about that that statement there was an intention and anything that you do with intention mm-hmm. you will have results so you spoke about you know being depressed but functioning unpack that for me a little mm-hmm. bit and, and just help us to sort of like have a a picture of what that might look like because somebody may be in that position you know sometimes people are going through depression and they don't actually mm-hmm. realize that they're going through depression you know yeah um yeah you know when you're depressed it's it's it sort of uh, mm-hmm. creeps up on you so you might find yourself um doing things that are sort mm-hmm. of self sabotaging mm-hmm. right so for example um let's say you're depressed about your job and then you you would do things like you know you're never right. on time So it's not because you can't be on time it's just because you don't have the will to be on time and you know what's happening internally begins to reflect on the outside so you know when i say i was functioning i um i was going to work um i was I also have had a side business um a thriving mm-hmm. uh, wedding cake business I was also doing that but you know it's it's little things that start to creep up where maybe I leave a deadline too late and um you know I'm doing it very rushed um and and the excuse that I tell myself is no I work I work well when uh I'm when I'm under pressure mm-hmm. but really and truly i have just put it off for too long because I, i it's not something that i actually want to do you know 
And there's all these little things, that, these little signs mm-hmm. that show up. And, you know, at first they look um, separate and mm-hmm. not connected, but then they begin to pile up, pile up. And then that's when it came to a head where I just found myself stuck oh, in there. Wow. Wow. Now, how did you come out of that? Um, that, you know, I, 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 on the third day, I said to myself, enough is enough. And oddly enough, I wasn't, I didn't really listen to podcasts at that time. And, uh, I, for whatever reason, uh, my spirit moved me to, to say, listen to a podcast. And I started rummaging through and I happened upon, as you mentioned, um, somebody that we're both familiar with, I happened upon um, Patrice Washington's Mm -hmm. Redefining Wealth podcast. And I started from the beginning and she um, basically um, talks Mm -hmm. about wealth under six pillars and she breaks down the pillars um, from the beginning of the podcast. And she, she spoke about um, what she calls the space pillar and how your space needs to um, be a space that supports you thriving mm-hmm. as a person. And it can also be a physical manifestation of what's going on mm-hmm. in your mind or internally, mm-hmm. right? So you can have a very messy house and that you know, that can reflect what's going on inside. Or that particular mess can can block you from actually, um, you know, pursuing the wealth that you Mm -hmm. want to pursue. Because you get frustrated, you want to clean it up, and then it's never ending, the the dirt just keeps piling up and all of that. Anyway, um, so I was listening to that, that particular podcast um, episode and then I, I, I got up and I made my bed. Then I started cleaning and it was from there and I just started taking different steps like, um, like that, you know. I started being more mindful mm-hmm. about my health um, and health um, in terms of not just my physical health but also my mental health. So that meant I had to find a therapist, right? as I mentioned. So then the the therapist then started working with me and helping me to to unpack all of these things that have been going on and all these emotions. And then I also found community. And I found community through um, Patrice's, uh, Patrice Washington's program, which is uh, Mastery and Momentum and Mm -hmm. Purpose to Platform. Uh, and, and it was life-changing, really. Yeah, no, the work that that lady does is absolutely, it's truly, truly transformational. It literally does change people's lives, you know, if and when people implement, you know, that work. I'm actually going through, you know, those, you know, the the, the six pillars, you know, and I'm on the fit pillar, you Mm -hmm. know, and just really, Mm -hmm. you know, unpacking it and, and getting out of it you know, as much as I can and not only just getting out of it, but implementing, you know, and, and putting those things, yes, you know, yes. into, into my life because it's one thing to, 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 to have the, 
the the information or the knowledge, the knowledge. but it's another thing to apply <laughs> it. And it's in the application that that's where you know the transformation you know to, takes place. So I, I like again what you said. Um, you know when you were answering the question how you you got out of that bed, you said, "I told myself." And to me, this is the mm. crux of everything that I I do about the work that I do with people. Mm-hmm. It's what you say to yourself, what you say yes. to yourself, not what everybody else is saying to you, not what everybody's saying about you, but you, everybody, we need to get to those places in ourselves where you are really speaking life to yourself. You know, even if somebody, mm-hmm. as much as they mm-hmm. love you, would have tried to come and drag you out of bed and do this for you and do that for you, if you yourself had not told yourself enough is enough, then enough was not going to be enough, even if it was enough for everybody else, mm. you know, but it was enough for you mm-hmm. to say, okay, that's it. The buck stops here. I got to get up. You know, if it just means I just get up and just clean my house or I, I, I just make my bed, mm-hmm. you know, that can be a huge accomplishment, you know, huge exactly. get up oh, and just yeah. take a shower, you know, get up oh, and yeah. brush my, yeah, Hold brush your my hair. That, you know, yeah. all these things that we just take so much, you know, for granted. And I always say to people, if you have been in that dark, dark place, the only way that you can literally start to crawl out of that dark hole is about just taking a baby steps. You know, just mm-hmm. a small step, something that you have not been doing, you know, for a long time. It, like I said, even if it's just washing your face or just brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. you know, and feel good mm-hmm. about yourself. Don't let anybody, you know, try to denigrate you know, what you would have done or the little steps, you know, that you would have taken because a journey of a thousand miles starts with what? With one step, with the first step, you know, like well, yeah. like they say. Oh. Wow, Chulu, this has just been absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. I have just enjoyed this conversation and I mean, I could just go on and on and on, but I wouldn't definitely want to take up, you know, any much of your time. And um, I don't know if you've got any, any closing, you know, words for us? And I would also like you to share, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, any of your uh, social media handles, you know, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to know more about your work and be involved in what you do, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So I love to explain a, a little saying that we have in the Africana woman community, and it is know your roots, grow your purpose. And NO is actually an acronym for knowledge, nourish, operate in obedience, and weakness. And I just want to unpack that really quickly for you. So knowledge is about knowing what are you rooted to. Do you understand the things that keep you anchored and keep you... um, And do you understand the things that influence who you are? So, you know, it could be your culture, it could be your, your, your religion, all of those things. And for me, especially when you talk about, let's say Christianity, do you actually read the Bible for yourself or are you depending on somebody else to interpret it for you? So, you know, it's really about digging deep into what are my roots and understanding for yourself 
and having that knowledge, right? And then when we talk about nourishment, it's about the things that you are allowing, um, you're allowing yourself to consume. And as again, as a, a Christian, we understand that our, our, our body is in three parts. There's the physical body, the mind and the spirit. All of those things are need to be fed in some form or another where we, you know it's so sad that we have you know all these beautiful physical bodies but then the spirits are mm-hmm. malnourished so you know you, we really need to be intentional about what are we nourishing our spirits our mind and our bodies and you know it's it's in, it's in the little things we consume in different ways whether it's through our our eyes our phones when we all those uh, you know social media people that you follow are those things are you being intentional about what you watch what you listen to you know what do you allow into your environment for you to consume and then when we talk about operating obedience as i already mentioned if you're on this planet you have a purpose and your spirit, the spirit will instruct you about that purpose. It gives you instructions about what, you know, what you're supposed to be pursuing. But so many times we ignore it. So many times we don't even take the time to just have the stillness to hear that voice. So operating in obedience is one, taking time to listen to what that voice is saying and then actually obeying the instruction. And finally, when we talk about weakness, you know, this world wants to tell us that there is a perfect person, but that is never Mm. the case. And that's okay. Why do we know it's okay? Because God created us Mm -hmm. in his image. He knew all of our flaws. He's not Mm -hmm. surprised, you know, that, oh, maybe, um, your hips, like for me, it's like, you know, my hips don't lie. <laughs> You're not the only <laughs> one, darling. For them to be, you know, a small and a size yes. zero. But I am perfect the way I am. And, you know, so you know, it's understanding that perfection is something that you will never achieve. And it's okay to be flawed because you are loved anyway. So it's, to, and it's also understanding that when I am weak, then he yeah. is strong. So he is the power that you um, you believe in, right? When I am weak, that he is strong. Yes, I am natural, but I have to allow him to put the super in my mm-hmm. natural. And then so much more can happen, you know? And then also because I know that I am weak, I don't have to do everything by myself. I can be in community and ask mm-hmm. for help. So that's that's the concept of know your roots, grow your purpose. So um, you can find out more about um, Africana Woman at the website, which is africanawoman.com. You can also find, um, find me on social media. I personally love to play on Instagram. So you can find me Chulu by Chulu underscore by design and Chulu is spelled C-H-U-L-U underscore by design. And yeah, from there, you'll find out so much more about what I'm doing, what the, and you know, if you want to join the Africana Women community and you know, all the different things that we do. Yeah. 
Wow, absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much. And especially for, you know, breaking down for us, you know, what, uh, you know, the statement that is the overriding, you know, statement for the work that you do. Know your roots, grow your purpose. And I like how you have, you know, broken down that word no into that acronym. And I mean, I just was scribbling stuff down and I will definitely be looking into this, you know, for, for my own self. Chulu, I really just want to thank you so, so much for, for your time, for your candidly sharing, you know, with us, you know, here this afternoon. And I'm sure that those who will listen and, and hear this uh, podcast will not only really benefit, but my prayer is that they will actually reach out you know, and be in touch, mm -hmm. you know, with you for us to grow, you know, this community, you know, your community is our community, our community is your community, you know, it, yes, now yes. with the world that we, we live in, you know, um, you are in your house, I am in my house, and yet we are communicating and speaking to people in countries that we, our feet, you know, have never touched. So, you know, the, the, the world has just become one huge global market. And I'm just so grateful because I know there's African women all over the world, you know, stationed and mm -hmm. positioned in everywhere. And I would like to think that we still experience the same things, the same challenges. But when we come together, we become a bigger force and a more meaningful force, yes. even for our continent. You know, we can still make a difference without necessarily having to be there by uniting with each other mm -hmm. and reuniting with people like yourselves and, you know, supporting one another. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And I do look forward to us having a chat, you know, at some other time. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Bui. It has been such a pleasure. And I just want to really commend you for your platform and the work that you are doing and just helping women to free themselves from those um, limiting mindsets. It's such important work. And like you said, it, it starts from the mind. So thank you so much. Thank for you work. too. Take care. Okay, bye. Right, bye. Welcome everyone to another episode of Mindset Intentions podcast. Why do I call it Mindset Intentions? That everything that we do in life, there must be an intention. There must have been an intention why we got out of bed this morning. There must be an intention why we do the things that we do. And there also must be an intention behind the things that we don't do. So I am all about looking at the intentions, the reasons, the why of why we do what we do and what then it results to. So these podcasts are just designed to have conversations you know, with uh, various people from all sorts of backgrounds, with various experiences and knowledge. And I mean, I just absolutely love it because I am just learning so, so much from the variety of people that so far I have had the privilege and the honor, you know, to uh, have a conversation with. And this afternoon is no exception because I have uh, someone that you know, with the wonders and the beauties of technology, now you can speak and contact people literally from 
anywhere on the globe and you'll be sitting right in the comfort of your own home. And this lady that I have with me this afternoon, I have not yet met her, you know, and we actually haven't even had a conversation. However, I reached out to her because she was on speaking on a platform of a friend of mine, uh, Grace Oguda, and twice I have heard this lady and I was like, hmm, I think I need to connect with this lady. I like to connect with people who are trailblazers. I like connecting with people who are doing incredibly amazing things because I'm always trying to learn and trying to see what I can do in my little corner, you know, wherever I may be. So I have this lady on here that I still have not yet met, but I am so grateful that she has graciously accepted my invitation to come and be a speaker on this afternoon. She is all the way in Nigeria. I cannot believe that I'm actually speaking to somebody who is in Nigeria on this podcast right now. And I am right here in the United Kingdom. And so I just want to thank you so much, Ife, first of all, for accepting my invitation to come on. I know you are an extremely busy woman because people, I'm just about to read you this lady's bio and I wonder whether she has 24 hours in her day <laughs> or maybe God has blessed her with extra hours because I have no idea where she finds time to do all these things and now come and sit here and be chatting with me. So I am so grateful. So before I give the floor to Ife, Ife Adeabo is a research, training, and brand communication strategist with over 10 years of coach salting across over 45 organizations. A first-class honors graduate of sociology, presently doing a doctoral candidate and researcher in the University of Ibadan, Nigeria. She works with seasoned experts and entrepreneurs to increase visibility and growth by launching their VIP brand with books, speaking, and coach salting practice. Ooh, I'm going to ask her to expound on what that coach salting is. See, I'm learning <laughs> something already today. She works with both national and international organizations in the areas of branding content and communication, research people growth, and culture strategy. She is a partner and director at Bridge Palmer's Solutions, a consulting, research, and training outfit working with clients like booksellers, Ibadan, Redeemers University, University of Ibadan, etc. She is presently faculty member of 7-Eleven Foundation and deputy director of social and welfare Acido Foundation. She's an associate chartered project manager UK, a graduate management leadership and productivity professional, a UNICEF trained peer educator trainer and career speaking mentor. Wow. She is the author of Success Alert, Branding Basics, Unismart and Limitless Living. The creator of video courses like Manifest Your Dreams, Vision Board Experience and Content Generation for Biz Brands. The pioneer of Mentors Bridge Africa Platform, Limitless Lab and Outspoken Coaching Program. 
She is the convener of Birth That Vision Conference for Women, Leaders, and the Emerge Summit for Young Professionals and Social Entrepreneurs. She has been featured in several radio and TV stations and speaks at both national and international conferences. She is married with two wonderful sons. Well, what a mouthful. Oh my gosh, Ife, first of all, welcome to our Mindset Broadcast program this afternoon. Thank you, Vuyi. It's such a privilege to be here. I am excited. I'm glad I'm able to make time. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, because um, it's just fantastic and phenomenal, like you said, what technology could make happen. So I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to you. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful time of impact for both of us and all of your audience and everyone that will be listening to me. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. God bless you. I am just so grateful for you just making the time. Where do you find the time to do all of this stuff and still be a wife and a mother? How old are your boys, if you don't mind me asking? No, I don't mind. My first is six, going to seven, and my second is three, going to four. Well, oh my God. <laughs> where do you find mommy time in these 24 hours? Well, I just... Um, take it one day at a time but I think most importantly is I am understanding the concept of building a flexible career and so I don't have to do it like everybody else is doing it I can pace myself I can prioritize per season so of course what you've read is something of many years put together so it's not like they're all running at the same time and at the same intensity so yes. it's yes. the ability to create my own career and my life and um Depending on the season, I prioritize what I give the attention to. And then, of course, I work with other people to make it happen. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. That is absolutely fantastic and fabulous. And it really just goes right into what I would like for us to discuss this afternoon. Because mm -hmm. the last time that I listened to you when you were speaking on uh, Grace's platform, like I said, you were speaking on confidence. And yes. I said, mm, this is something that I probably need. I need to build up a little bit of confidence. So I need to hang out with some people who seem to know how it is to build confidence. What is confidence? Why is it necessary? Why is it important? And is it important? You know, all, all these things. And yes, people talk and say, you know, the word confidence. But I think that sometimes we have different understandings or maybe mm -hmm. different interpretations of what confidence is. And so I really liked what you were focusing on, you know, on, on that day, because it was really so all inclusive, I think, mm -hmm. because again, sometimes when we look at the word confidence, some people immediately, they would literally just step away from it because they're like, oh no, I don't have any confidence. So, you know, that's not, that's not going to be for me. And then mm -hmm. some people, and I think I would put myself in this category where I am confident in some things, but in other things, I am not confident. And I'm mm -hmm. now beginning to ask myself, so what's the story? Well, why is it that I, am, I may find confidence in one area and maybe I'm not confident in another area? Or is it okay to be mm -hmm. like that? Does one have to be confident in everything 
you know, mm. that, you know, that they're doing. So these are some of the things that I wanted us to share this afternoon. And I remember if I can just throw this in, that obviously the first time that I heard you again on oh, Grace or Good's platform, you were talking about, um, you know, uh, vision board you know, mm -hmm. and how to put together a vision board, you know, and things like that. And that was just so incredibly fascinating for me because, yes, I had heard of the concept of, you know, building vision boards and things like that, but it was the way, you know, that you put a, an amazing slant to it. And I really was quite impressed, you know, with that. So coming to the issue of confidence, what can you tell us this afternoon or what can you share with us about why you look at confidence the way that you look at confidence. And first of all, if you're sharing with us, first of all, how you look at and interpret confidence. Wow. Um, thank you, Vui. Thank you for all the compliments. Okay, so um, for me, I am so passionate about confidence to the point that I have a whole course challenge on it. I'm going to be bringing up the workbook so soon. I've done... A, uh, I think a five days challenge on it. I think speak and sell confidence. And it's because I know what it means to transition from like ground zero to 150. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized that there's so many lies when it comes to confidence that we believe. There's so many myths that we believe that makes acquiring confidence very difficult. But I also know that on the flip side, you practically cannot achieve success without it. That's the second thing. And the third thing is I am, if you read my bio, you see that I'm a research-based person. So I do not like scratching things at the surface. I do not like doing things and just say, you know what, just, just, just have the two tips and you'll be fine. And then because I tried it over times and I saw that it wasn't working. So mm -hmm. I realized that it's good. We really go deep into, like, I love your podcast, the whys and the hows before we, instead of just glossing over the what. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for me, looking into confidence over the year is a mixture of my personal experience, um, my research and um, development of a curriculum. Yes, I have a curriculum. I have a step-by-step -step blueprint of how you can build confidence. And the third thing is my um, testimony from people that I've used the program with. I've mm -hmm. seen tremendous transformation happen to them. So it's just not about me. It's also about the people I've been able to transform. So some of the few lies is to first of all think that um, confidence or not to know the difference between confidence and, and the difference between confidence and self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And that that really, you know, it kind of slows you down. It kind of makes you, you know, not able to build that confidence from the foundation. So if you if you would look at that alone, differentiating self-esteem and confidence is a major, major, major progress you will make. So if I would do that briefly, I would say that. You know, the major difference between self-esteem, difference between self-esteem and confidence is that self-esteem is how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. And confidence is how you view what you can do. Now, notice both ways, it's a feeling, it's a thinking, it's a perception thing. All right. But the thinking, the feeling, and the perception for self-esteem is directed towards who you think you are. Mm 
your personal traits. You know, oh, I'm beautiful. I am not beautiful. That is a con- that's going to contribute to your self-esteem. But I can cook. I cannot cook. That perception, that feeling, that thought, all those things put together in relation to what you can or you cannot do. So your perception of your ability to carry out an activity is what contributes to your self-confidence. If you know that, then that takes the next step. It means then that confidence is a skill. It's not a trait. It's not, it's not something that some people bring from heaven. No. It's not something that the extroverted people have a lot of and that the introverted people do not have. Now, your mm-hmm. traits may contribute to your confidence but that is not the determinants of your confidence it is a skill and if we come to a point where we know and agree that it is a skill then we can move to the third point which is the fact that it can be learned because the skill can be learned and then takes us to the fourth dimension which is the fact that it can be compartmentalized because you there's so many skills in this world And so you may be confident about a million skills. There will still be a million and one skill you do not have confidence in carrying out. So back to what you were saying about, is it okay? Yes, it is very okay to not be confident in all the skills in this world. But I have the secret for you. If you can master the the process of building confidence because it is a skill and I have been able to come up with a step-by-step guide to it. If you can master the step-by-step guide and know how to develop the skill, it means that you have actually acquired a skill in itself, which is the act of building confidence. And I realized that if you keep applying that skill over and over again to different areas of your life, it now makes you become a confident person. So you develop a confident personality from your use of the skill of the ability to develop and you know gain confidence in other skills. So it is when you get to that position or that point where you have developed a confident personality, then one thing happens, you practically almost approach everything with confidence. Not because at the first run, you know how to carry out that skill confidently, but because you have mastered the art of building confidence for anything you approach. So that is where people now begin to confuse um, a confident person to be somebody that can do everything confidently. Not necessarily. A confident person is just someone that has mastered the act by practice, by understanding the process and by practice the act of approaching things confidently because they know that they have the secret to building confidence in that thing. Why am I so passionate about it? Let me move to the second part of what you asked for. Why am I so passionate about it? I hate, I hate, I, it hurts me. I hate it and it hurts me to see us pull back just because of confidence. I hate to see that the difference between you and someone else is not really in their abilities, just in the confidence in that ability. So you may have an ability. You haven't just grown the confidence to use it and make money or make impact and grow influence with it. It's not like you do not have it. 
You have it, but you haven't built confidence in it. And that will be the major difference between you and somebody that is very successful. Honestly, I feel strongly that the difference between people that are successful and those that are not successful, a large chunk of it is mm-hmm. just confidence. Is the ability to know that I can do this confidently and this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to engage it and I'm going to practice it till I'm able to reach that part and then I move on to the next thing. Because for every level of success that you need to get to, you need to build another level of confidence for it. Let me stop there. Wow. <laughs> you didn't even need to stop, girl. You could have just carried on because <laughs> my little fingers are making notes here. I cannot even write fast enough. So it means I'm going to have to listen to this podcast again and put these stuff down on paper because really what you are talking about, these are germs. You know, these are precious, you know, this is precious information, you know, and it's unfortunate because these are things that are literally not taught in schools to our children. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. imagine Mm -hmm. if we had been taught these things in school, where we would be today in every area of our lives, whether at home, as as wives, as mothers, as aunties, as cousins, as uncles, as business people, as neighbors, in every aspect of our lives. And what you said, which is so key, is that really when you boil things down to their nuts and bolts, the difference between people, those who supposedly do and those who don't, is a matter of confidence. Because when somebody just decides to say to themselves, you touched on something that really is the heart of the work that I do, what you say to yourself. Words. Mm. I am so passionate about the words that we use in terms of speaking about ourselves, to ourselves, and for ourselves. Never mind what everybody else says. Mm. I always give, give the example of the fact that I believe that I have got the most beautiful toes, okay, that God ever created. Mm. I think my toes are just absolutely <laughs> beautiful. When I get my toes pedicured, oh, my God, I just think that my feet are just so absolutely wonderful. Now, somebody else might think mm. that my toes are ugly. They may not think that my toes are anything mm-hmm. to talk about. But you know what? It doesn't make a difference to me. Because, see, I'm the one who lives mm-hmm. with these toes. I'm the one who is getting to appreciate them. I'm the one who, you know, who, who is using them to be able to walk and take me from point A to point B. So what somebody else says about my tootsies is got absolutely no relevance. And it should not have any relevance to what I say about my own toes. Because I am building my own self up. Doesn't the scripture talks about we must build ourselves up in our most holy faith? What am I believing in? If I exactly. am not even believing in myself, in, the, in what I have been made, in who I have been made, and especially in the image of who created me, then I have opened myself up to everybody else telling me whether I am confident or not. And you said something which is so key, which I would like for you just to expound on. When you, you know, you were talking about that, Mm -hmm. you know, the issue of uh, confidence being a skill and a perception. Mm -hmm. Because I think this is really a fundamental point. Because when people get it, if we get it, if I get it, 
that it is a skill and it means I can learn it. Just like I have learned to read, exactly. just like I learned how to tie my shoes, I can learn exactly. the skill. And it then becomes exactly. the deciding factor between success or lack of success in every area of our lives. So can I just ask you just to sort exactly. of like just kind of delve into that you know, concept of the skill and the perception and why we kind of get things all modeled up? Okay, thank you very much, V. Um, yes, confidence is a skill. And um, for it to be a skill, it means that um, there are certain, there is a certain knowledge you need to have, mm -hmm. first of all. But it doesn't stop at knowledge. That is why it is not a knowledge. It has to translate into skill. And that means that we need to be able to distill the knowledge into certain activities that we can start to engage, just exactly like you said, there is a knowledge I need in learning how to tie my shoelace. I need to know how to put it to the right, put it to the left, cross it over, and then turn it this way. And then, of course, I'm going to try the first time. It may not look as much, you know, as beautiful as I wanted it to look like, but then I did it. And then I'm going to have to keep doing it, following the same process I've been taught through knowledge. So I think the first thing that is missing is that we, like you said, it's not in school curriculum. So we do not have a curriculum that gives us the insights into the knowledge that is necessary to lay the foundation of this skill building, which is something the program I have helps with. Now, um, I think I've got like four steps. The first is that you need to understand the number one enemy of um, confidence and this is amazing you know I love teaching <laughs> a lot <laughs> so um, you need to understand the, the, the number one enemy of confidence and the number one enemy of confidence is self-consciousness so you want to get self-confident but you've got someone that is opposing that process it's called self-consciousness and I like to look at it as the story of mm -hmm. David and Goliath so that Goliath in front of you, which will stop you, is self-consciousness. Now, self-consciousness, simply put for me, is that thing you're overly conscious and absorbed about that is stopping you from engaging that thing you believe so much you cannot do. So give me an example of something you think you're not confident about, We, um, I'm not confident about my cooking skills. Good. So... Cooking skills. You do not think that right. you're a great cook. Good. The enemy of that, because you need to change your perception if you're going to start the journey at all. Now, we have to start from that, your level of thinking. There is something there that is your great enemy, which, which, you're, which, which is really beating you down every time you mm -hmm. think about cooking. And that is what you're self-conscious about mm -hmm. when it comes to cooking. There is something that overwhelms your thought. There is something that you're absorbed in. There is something that just takes you up and just makes you know, you know what? At the end of this process, mm -hmm. I'm not a good cook. So we have to do one thing. So what people think you do with the enemy is that you kill it, right? Mm -hmm. You destroy the enemy. Oh, well, I have something different for you to do. You're going to build confidence. You're going to take that enemy called self-consciousness and you're going to befriend it. Mm -hmm. Then you turn it to your teacher. Wow. So 
You know the way they take terrorists and they don't kill them because the more I mean, I mean, you see how the how the force will fight to keep a terrorist alive. You're wondering why mm. this guy should die. But they know that this guy has got vital mm. information for them to make progress. Mm. So you do not want to just get your self-consciousness off the way, which many people will ask you to do. Stop thinking that way. Just ditch it. No, I don't want you to ditch it. I want you to scrap it. I want you to capture it. And I want you to make it your friend. And then process it till it even becomes a teacher. So what are you going to do? You're going to trap it and ask yourself exactly what am I self-conscious about? That's the first thing you have to do with what you're self-conscious about. Trap it. So when it comes to cooking, what exactly is staring you in the face? What is it that you think you, why do you just think you can't cook well? What are you self-conscious about? So for example, maybe when it comes, I'm going to come to your cooking because I like <laughs> to do that a lot. So that you see that this is actually a transformative I, process. It's I have exposed myself thing. to the whole world today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it's your platform. So you're the first. You know, you're the first Absolutely. Person. And I believe one of the first ways of defeating a giant yeah. is to first of, first of all expose him, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we have exactly. to expose and trap it. So for example, um, if somebody was thinking, I'm mm -hmm. not a great speaker. That's very good because I train people on speaking too. So if you say I'm not a great speaker, I'm not, I can't speak well, I ask you, so why? What, what are you self-conscious about? You see some people are self-conscious about their intonation mm. or their pronunciation. They feel they can't, they don't come out well. Some feel, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not so beautiful enough. Maybe I'm, I'm short. So people will take what I'm saying seriously because I'm, I'm, I'm short. Um, some feel, oh, I've not got, um, it, it, will, it will shock you, the little things that people are self-conscious about that comes mm. in the way of their confidence. Some people just feel, I, I haven't got good set of teeth, so I, I, I just can't be talking wow. like that, you know. Um, some feel, oh, um, well, what I'm about to speak on is not really something that I'm really good with, so I don't think people will take me seriously. Now, you have to really sit down and go deep and ask yourself, what am I self-conscious about? Sometimes it's also based yeah. on past failures. Sometimes it's based on what you have observed other people do that you can see yourself in them and like, oh my gosh, I'm going to repeat the same pattern. I'm going to repeat the same thing. Sometimes it comes from the fact that you're comparing yourself to someone that's better than you. So you just feel, oh my God, this is what it takes to speak great. I can't do that because I don't have that. So you begin to project that on yourself. And then you feel you can't do that confidently because you don't have what you've got because that, what, that is what it takes mm, to do mm, it confidently. Mm. You have to really, really befriend this thing. And instead of running away and just say, well, you know what? I don't want to talk about it because I'm not confident about it. You know, let's, let's diagnose it. Why are you so conscious? What is taking the space mm. in your mind? So if I um, when it comes to cooking what do you think you're so conscious about doing wrong for me I, I know exactly the root of where that um, okay. feeling you know came from I mean it's, it's, it's a long story but basically I was in, uh, in high school and uh, we used to have uh, cooking classes you know we used to have cooking classes and we used to have uh, sewing classes 
Well, I learned how to, you know, we were taught how to make this kind of pudding, you know, for example. And the next time I went home, because I was in boarding school, the next time I went home to my parents, I decided to make that pudding, right? Um, because this is something new that I had learned mm -hmm. how to do in school. So I made the pudding. And for me, it was so important that my dad eat this pudding mm. and enjoys it. Now, what happened was he didn't eat it. Not on that day that I had made it. I found the way I found out that he didn't eat it was because the following week, because I used to do, you know, uh, I was what they call the weekly boarder. So I was going to boarding school during the week and then on the weekends I could go home. So the following week, when I went home, I found the little bowl that I had put the portion that was supposed to be for my dad still in the fridge. That crushed my mm. spirit. And do you know something? My dad doesn't oh, wow. even know. Up to this day, mm. I'm a grown woman today, and my father is actually not even aware. He doesn't even, I never said anything to him. Wow. I did tell my mom, but I told my mom, do not tell him. I, she, he, she may have told him or whatever, but he has never said anything to me, but I never said anything to him. So to me, in my young, young mind, because I was a, a young teenager then, in my young mind, I felt mm -hmm. that if my own father cannot enjoy something mm. that I have cooked, then nobody on God's green earth is ever going to enjoy anything. And wow. that is where it started from. I can cook, you know, to eat, but do not ask me to cook for people. Do not ask me to hold a dinner. I, I, I would rather take people out to a restaurant. But because in my wow. mind, I just think this is just not going to come out right. This is just not going to taste right. This is just not. Uh, oh. And because I just keep having that image that my dad did not eat that pudding. So nobody else is going to enjoy my cooking. That is where it started from. You know, we, this is why I love <laughs> helping people go through this confidence because you hear stories like this and it just touches your heart and um, and the truth is because it's so important and it's it is having it still has such mm -hmm. an impression in your heart accept it or not it is holding you back in some other areas of your life so this is a phenomenal story. We have been able to bring out what she was self-conscious about. And if we had more time, we could have gone deeper into this. But this is already fantastic. Because the next thing to do is now to ask yourself, why? Why does this mean so much to me? Why was it, why did it hit me so much? Why did it really, really hit me so much that yeah. dad didn't eat that potty? I mean, was it because it was so important to me and I needed mm -hmm. validation from it? So he didn't give you validation and then because he didn't give you validation on this skill, you mm. believe you're not good at it. 
you know, if we had time, we would dig more into why. Because we need to keep asking that question till we really, really, like I said, befriend this giant. And to befriend someone, you're going to take them out, you're going to ask them questions, you're going to, you know, just do stuff around until you really get to the nitty gritty. The more you can get to the fiber of what your self-conscious is about, the easier it is for you to now do the next thing. So the next thing, the next step is then let's analyze this self-consciousness that we have mm. discovered and trapped. Is it true or is it a lie? It is a lie. Exactly. First of all, it just didn't eat it. You just didn't even get the chance for him to eat it. And it could have been anything. Maybe he didn't see it. Maybe he was so um, I'm tired. Maybe he was engrossed. Maybe he was distracted. Or did he eat it at all? Did you see him? Did, no, did he eat it no, at he all? Didn't. And see, the thing is, he no, could have had it, no, actually. And now that you're saying it, you know, obviously, you know, my, my father gets his food served you know to him so obviously if it wasn't served to him he wouldn't have literally gone into the into the kitchen in the fridge and even if he did and he would see it you wouldn't have known whether this was for him or not unless it had been put in front of him exactly. oh my gosh <laughs> it, it, yes. it's just a lie so you have to accept the fact that oh my goodness oh, no. i just believed the lie so long oh, and i let God. it <gasps> This is amazing. So when a lie, that's why I ask you to throw it away. But but there are times when yes. it's yes. a truth, or there are some level of truths in it. Even though the whole of it is not is is not a, the whole of it, it's a lie. But then you can still pick a few things about it. For example, here I see that you really wanted mm. him to validate. So what you need right now is just someone you respect or that is great with cooking to just validate your cooking right now. Mm. Can I say something right there, though? I've tried that. Okay. But you see, in a lot of cases, okay. again, in my mind, I'll be thinking, oh, they're just saying that just to be nice. It is, is a, lie, a, a lie, but still... Because I wanted that validation from my dad. <laughs> it's like nobody else is good oh, enough. Is that, is, that, <laughs> is that still alive? Yes, he is. Is your dad still alive? <laughs> Can you please I find a way to call him? He's back in Zimbabwe and I'm here in, in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, and, and what makes it even worse is that my younger sister, my youngest sister, I've always believed that she is even a better cook than me because, of course, my father eats everything that my sister cooks. I mean, I haven't even been home, you know, for, for mm -hmm. me to be able, you know, to prepare a meal for him and for him to eat it and really tell me whether he didn't like it or not. So, like you're rightfully saying, it is a lie that has just been replaying itself in my mind and as a result literally okay. you know dictating what i do and what i don't do exactly dictating how you feel about your cooking now let me take you to the next step let's mm -hmm. even agree that is the truth let us agree that you really need your father's validation okay 
let's say that is really what you really need, your mind needs, let's assume you can't just, um, um, you can't get over, you know, because you feel like mm -hmm. his yes means a lot mm -hmm. to your validation. But the truth is now you cannot get that. Okay. So that's the next thing I teach people. What if what you're self-conscious about is true? I will not ask you to fake like it is not true. That is mm -hmm. not authentic confidence. If it's going to be authentic, you really need to embrace that truth. That you know what, Boye? You need daddy to taste your cooking. And when he gives you a thumbs up, that mm -hmm. is when you really feel like a great cook. It's okay. That is the truth you have in front of you. But do you know that despite that, you can still build confidence? So what do you do? I'm literally breaking down my framework for you. What do you do? You look at what you do not have, accept that you do not have it, but then shift your focus to what you have. So what do you have? Is there someone around you that is very good at cooking that you could invite over to taste your cooking and validate whether it's, you think whether they mm -hmm. truthfully think that it's great or not? Do you have a restaurant here around you that does great? And you're like, you know what? I just need you to do me a favor. I wanted to, I want to do a cooking and I want you to taste it for me and just tell me how I'm doing. Do you have someone around you that, I mean, what do you have now? The, what we do not have is daddy's validation. And daddy's validation is very important to you. That means validation is important to you. Now, maybe because daddy is an expert or daddy is just utterly brutally mm -hmm. truthful. Mm -hmm. That's why you believe in his <laughs> validation so much. So can you look for other personalities that can fit into the daddy personality and then ask them to truthfully just tell mm -hmm. you what your cooking looks like. Then if you can do that, if that is something you can do, you then zoom in on what you have. Sometimes we do not build confidence because we have everything in place. What we do is that we find out what we have going on well and we zoom in on it. Mm -hmm. We feed on it. We let it consume us. We let it become this new self-conscious personality or the new self-conscious um, 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 memorial that we have. And then we begin to feed our confidence from it. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. If I was short and I just felt, come on, I need to be tall. I need to look great in order mm -hmm. for people to listen to me as a speaker. And the truth is, I can't mm -hmm. get myself to be taller. That's just who I am. And let's even assume that it has a way of just making people look at like, mm -hmm, who is she? What does she have to say? Okay, so I don't have height as what to focus on to feed on my confidence. What do I have? Oh, maybe I've got a charming smile. And I've, I know how to speak beautifully well. So you know what they're going to do every time you need to speak? They're going to take your attention off your height. And focusing on your charming smile and your beautiful way of talking. When you focus on that enough, when you feed of it, you shade of it, you don't say, oh my God, I don't know how to speak because I, I have a, 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 a stature that is not nice. You tell yourself, oh my God, I'm a great speaker because I have a charming smile, because I, I speak very well. Then when you mount that stage, you take your mind off your height and you focus your consciousness on the fact that, oh my gosh, my smile is the most charming smile in this room. 
and my diction is the most amazing diction ever. And then you focus on that, then you derive your feeling of confidence from it. We won't always have everything we want in order to carry out a task, but we can zoom in on the few things we know how to do very well or we have working for us. And feed of confidence is a feeling, is a perception, is a thought process that eventually affects how you carry out a task. So I don't care what that task is, and I don't care whether you know how to do it very well or not. What I want to see you do is attack it confidently. And there must be something you have that you can feed your confidence on that can help you do that task confidently because the first time you do it, it may not come out as brilliant as you thought, but you did it confidently anyways. Then you're going to attack it again the second time. Then you're going to attack it again the third time. And maybe like the tenth time, you will now feel confident about the skill itself. But when you started off, you were not really confident about that skill, but there was something you were confident about. So sometimes, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a room where I'm having to negotiate and I know that the other people in that room have experience. I mean, maybe they have 20 years of experience and I have just five years of experience. Now I know when I'm trying to pitch in that room, I will not focus on my years of experience. I will look at something else that I have. So first of all, maybe they're all men and I'm a woman. I'm going to dress myself up like nothing mm. else. Do you understand? Like, I'm going to look smoking <laughs> hot. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> do you get it? And I'm going to tell myself that if uh, you're the woman in this room, you're the one that's got the charm and the grace of a woman. Do you understand? Maybe I'm going to tell myself if uh, you're the one that I've prayed like two hours before you came for this presentation, so you've got, you've got God on your side. And I'm going to tell myself, I've got no, I do not have, when it comes to experience, I cannot compete with these guys. But maybe when it comes to presentation, I might be able to just knock them off because I'm, I'm just good at it. Or maybe when it comes to presenting the people that I have worked with. So maybe they come and say, oh, I have 20 years of experience working with these. And I'm going to come up and say, you know what? I want to share the life journey of Vuyi. Matthew and Sarah. And I'm going to show them how what I do transformed their lives. And because I'm a great speaker and I know how to do storytelling and I know how to bring my A game to when I'm presenting, I'm going to put all of my derivation of confidence from that, not in my years of experience, because that is going to bring me down. So when you know this, you only always have to ask yourself, like God Amen. asked Moses, what have you got in your heart? Yeah. So when you can recognize what you've got in your hands, then you focus on it. Then you breathe on it. Then you look into it. Then you see how phenomenal that thing is. Then let that feed your confidence. Don't always forget that confidence in itself is a skill that has to do with how you feel about what you can do. Wow. So sometimes when I show up in a speaking, there was a speaking engagement I had, it was a conference. And I mean, there's this lady online that I myself look forward to mm -hmm. when it comes to sales and marketing online. And then she was coming for that particular conference. And I was the one to take sales and marketing topic, where she was taking something <laughs> else. Oh my goodness, booyah, I was intimidated. I felt, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to say in this lady's presence? She's the queen of marketing and sales. 
And then after a while, I just kept brooding. And then I had to share with my friend. And then I had to go back. He said, what have you got? You haven't got the 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 aura and the fans and, you know, what she's got on social media. You know, the people, mm. I'm sure many people came to that conference because of her. But the first thing is that you landed right. that stage alongside right. her. That is a big deal. That's the first thing. Number two, you know what? You are phenomenal with creative presentation. So you're not going to come across as someone that's going to be giving a classroom lecture when it comes to sales and marketing. You're going to come out creatively in a way that nobody else has heard about sales and marketing before. That was exactly what I did. God just gave me the analogy of comparing sales, marketing, and branding to, to sex, wow. to love, to romance. A lot of people came up and were like, oh my goodness, ma'am, I've never understood sales and marketing like that ever before. I'm um, me. Oh, everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that's fantastic. I do not maybe have all the book knowledge she has and the experiences mm -hmm. of working with other businesses, but I had the ability to creatively present whatever I want to present to people. Mm. And I just nailed that and let that make yeah. me feel confident enough to present that thing. And that's what I'm going to end with. If you do not attack or tackle a skill with confidence, your greatest fear will happen to you. You will actually mess it up. The problem is not that you couldn't have done better. Is that before you even attempted it, you already shortchanged yourself. So you did not yeah. even attack it with confidence. That is why we need confidence. My sister, you can be confident in something so little and somebody else will have times 10 of what you have and they will still not be confident because they're looking at the other things they do not have. Yeah. Oh, and so I am so upset, you know, because this clock, it seems like it has just really been running fast and furious. Whereas when I still wanted you just to continue with this because it is absolutely amazing. And really, I just feel like I've actually even had a coaching session right now on you know on this issue this is exactly. just so so incredibly amazing honestly because now you have just opened my my eyes and my mind to look at this thing you know from a completely different perspective and you know i i like the thing that you said that you know instead of just you know casting it out you know like we do when we're praying to befriend this self-consciousness and let mm -hmm. it teach me you know, and then I trap it. So instead of allowing mm -hmm. it to have power over me, now I take over, you know, it and really just keep digging deeper. Because again, exactly. this is the work that I do in mindset transformation, you know, because I'm a, I'm a mindset transformation coach. And mm -hmm. one of the biggest questions that I'm always asking every time, every time is why, 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 why? You know, and people sometimes, you know, get fed up, but then they begin exactly. to realize that this, just that three-letter word, why, is actually the key to unlocking so much that is inside yep. of them that they had actually not even thought about. And you have given me so much to even begin to work on my own self, you know, in this particular area, because goodness knows what all it is just going to open up, you know, for me. And I am just so, so grateful, you know, to you for doing that. And before I let you go, I know as, as a woman of God, I cannot let you go without even having to say something, you know, to us in terms of the issue of confidence, even as stated in the Bible. You know, I, I, I look at two particular scriptures, Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 35, which says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has 
great reward. Yep. So confidence brings reward. us reward. Yep. But then that where is that confidence in? Psalm 118 verse 8 and 9 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put mm -hmm. confidence in princes. So the confidence that I believe we have and we gain and we stand on, and it, it really it's even proven by the example that you gave when you, uh, you know, went to be a speaker on this particular subject that somebody else seemed to, you know, have it more, you know, than you did. You went and looked inside of you you know, to say, what do I have? Just like you gave the example, uh -huh. you know, of uh, Moses when God asked him and said, what do you have? And sometimes, don't you think that we tend to undermine or underestimate the power of that which we have in our hands because we may think it is small. And yet, according to this verse in Hebrews, it says yeah. it has great reward. So can I just ask you to close us out, you know, with that? And also I would like for you to just give us, you know, yeah. how people can get, you know, in touch with you. If people are interested, you know, in this, uh, in your program, in the curriculum, you know, that you have, how can people reach out, you know, to you, how people can be okay. involved, you know, in that and, you know, just close out the program that way for us, please. All right. So um, I love what you just said. What I want to bring up from the scriptures you just read, number one, mm -hmm. is that it is your confidence that is rewarded. It is your confidence that is rewarded. So it's not just about doing things, it's about doing them with confidence, because it is that confidence that will be rewarded. So we cannot, like the scripture says, put away our confidence. And that is what the devil and the world is, is, is trying to get away from us. And Yes, we have to know that if you that Psalms also says that um do not put mm -hmm. your confidence mm -hmm. in man yes. or in princes, right? It means that yes. confidence is always put in something. It doesn't stand, it's not something that just happens. You have to root your confidence in something, and that is the something you need to always look for. And that is the something that for us as believers, yes. first of all, baseline is God. You know, so, I mean, if 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 what your confidence is in is very fleeting, you're in trouble because <laughs> it's it's going to mess you up eventually. All right. So you could you could seem to start off doing it confidently. But when you see that that thing that you have rooted it in, it's also a lie mm -hmm. that it means that it's double trouble. We have to learn to put our confidence in what is eternal and what is true, just like I said. Is it a truth or is it a lie? But I want to just say, I think the most important step, which people do not know, that comes before confidence yes. is actually courage. Wow. So before you talk confidence, you have to learn to be courageous. Because it's courage that would even allow you in the first instance to face that giant. Is courage that would allow you when you have found out what your truth is to take the first step. So if you're not a woman or a man of courage, you are most likely not going to become a woman of confidence. And what precedes courage is clarity. What do I know that is my next step to take? So a lot of people are so far from confidence because they're not even clear. 
I mean, what just helped you take a deep, a, a one step closer to your confidence? Cookie, right yes. now is the clarity I brought to your table. So clarity links to your courage, which helps you begin to engage the confidence journey. So I just want to encourage everyone to not give up yet. You're just one, you're just light away from your confidence journey. Because when you get clarity, I mean, it's going to just help you move with courage and then you can engage the confidence journey. So um, for, if you want to reach me on my Instagram, my social media, Andrews, that is a fair idea um, and, um, and on Instagram and all, but you could actually send me uh, uh, a message yes, on my, is right it okay to drop Everything. my WhatsApp number? All right, so that will be plus two, three, four, Seven zero six seven seven nine five nine eight four. Let me say that again. Plus two three four seven zero six seven seven nine five nine eight four. For anyone that really, really would need help with the confidence journey, maybe there's really something that's eating you up, and you really—I mean—it doesn't have to take so long. Sometimes it may just be one clarity session would have, and then you're able to just that. Oh my goodness! So this is what I need to do. Of course, if you need a step-by-step -step help. In going through that journey, we may take that, but actually sometimes it's just that first clarity that helps you move in the courageous direction of that confidence journey that you need. So thank you so much, Vui, for this opportunity. I celebrate women that are confidently engaging, impacting the world in their own way. I mean, you could have just stayed and say, you know what? I don't have a fancy podcast system, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then you just zoomed in on what you have. And then now you are reaching out to me all the way in Nigeria. See what can happen when you just know that I've got this and I can be confident in that thing. Thank you so much for what you did. God bless you. Thank you for having me. And I, I think I'll so just grateful stop here. To you, God bless uh, you. Ife. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for presenting this in such a way that was not only just clear in how you spoke, because obviously, yes, you are a speaker that just comes across very well. However, the way that you just broke it down, and really, I always say to people, something has been made very clear when a 10-year-old can understand it. If I'm speaking on something and a 10-year-old cannot mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying, then there is a problem then it means I really need to look at myself. But what you have said, it has really even boosted me now, even with this work that I do, you know, with, with, with my podcast, you know, to not only mm -hmm. just keep doing it, you know, because sometimes I can get discouraged, I'll be very honest with you. But at the end of the day, it is something that I mm -hmm. am also very passionate about. And people who have listened to my podcast, who have listened to my work, have been very encouraging. And, you know, they have, gotten a lot of value and I know people who are going to listen to this particular podcast they are really going to derive so much value you know from them and I would encourage everyone to really connect with to go and connect with Ifo on 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 Facebook on on Instagram she has a, a daily you know uh, uh live I think it's a daily live because I have seen it you know on Facebook you know where she is sharing she is ministering but please reach out to her Ifa, God bless you. I just speak a word of blessing on your life. I speak a word of encouragement on your life. And I speak a word of courage for you to continue to do what you're doing because it really is impacting and having an impact in people's lives so that we really can be the fullest expression of who God has created us 
to be. Mm -hmm. And when our minds are set on the correct way of transformation, which is the work that I do, mindset transformation. Mm. And this is really what you've been talking about today. Because until we transform our minds, the scripture says, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So you have really helped to renew my mm. mind. And I would want to really believe that even our audience's minds, by refocusing ourselves, even on this whole issue of, of confidence, and even just looking at, is what I am believing a truth or is it a lie and once we are able to define that then we know what mm. we are dealing with and so i am so grateful to you if i'm really really so thankful that you were able to come onto this podcast and i hope that those who have the opportunity to listen to it will really get something out of it something tangible something that they can actually implement straight away but again i would encourage everyone to reach out you know, to, to Ife because she does absolutely amazing work. So thank you so much, Ife, and take care and God bless you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, thank you too, Vui. All right.